Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast with Jeff Baker and Drew Pelto. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cash, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTM cards, autographs, collecting, and a whole lot more. It is season four, episode 32. It is the weekend of August 13th. And guys, you're listening to nationally ranked sports card podcast hosted by me, Jeff Baker. I'm talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm joined by my guest co-host, the legends himself, Les Wolf. Hey, Les. Hey, Jeff, you just spoke so loud, the wax just flew out of my ears. <laughs> it's early in the morning. We got to get the energy up. You know, you're getting called up to the big leagues here. And number seven, bat, batting cleanup for the TTM cast this week is Les Wolf. Um, nice nice to be on again with you, Jeff. It was, as any everybody might not know, uh, it was a pleasure setting up the National and having my co-host with me at the National, Jeff Baker, uh, talking to my clients and it made it more and more made it more fun yeah it was really fun to sit there and watch you in action and uh, you have so much nice stuff guys you can check out les's uh inventory he has all sorts of cool autograph stuff that he sells at leswolfsportsllc.com if you have a question for les you can email me at ttmcast at yahoo.com or you can send les a email directly to him at lwolf that's W-O-L-F-F-1823 at AOL.com. Good to see you keep an AOL email still alive, Les. Somebody's got it, you know. I'm giving away my age. <laughs> Remember when they had, uh, what was it, Prodigy, right? Remember you got you got the, the Prodigy thing at Sears and, and you got your AOL, AOL, uh, well, AOL internet and AOL, uh, I don't know if, if AOL is even still around, are they? <laughs> Well, I keep AOL going. Same way I like to think that I'm one of the few uh, original advertisers still left in the SCD keeping them going. Myself Kevin Savage. It's a great magazine. It is a great magazine. Well, Les I think is Kevin Savage and I are two of the oldest advertisers in there. Well, Les is going to be with us uh, for the whole show. Drew is still traveling. He's finishing up his... Uh, excellent adventure. He went to uh, 18 uh, games in 18 days all across the country. And you can follow uh, Drew's trip on our website at ttmcast.com. Under Drew's excellent adventure, you can see all the videos and his his phone in reports there. But we're gonna have, we have a really fun show for you. I just want to remind everyone about our radio show, Drew and I's radio show. It's on the Sports Map Radio Network. It's called Sports Collectors Club. You can go to sportscollectorsclub.com and listen to all our old shows. The show is on now on Saturday mornings from 10 to 11, and it's repeated on Sunday mornings from 7 to 8 Eastern time. Go to SportsMap Radio, sportsmapradio.com for uh, all the information and where you can download the SportsMap Radio app. Remember, it's Sports Collectors Club, our radio show on the SportsMap Radio Network. Well, we had a, uh, I had a pretty good week. I, I got some, uh, Top Series 2 uh, Blaster Boxes. I picked them up at uh, at uh, BJ's, of, of all places. They have cards, and I picked up a, a box of Chron- uh, Panini Chronicle football as well, just to see what they're like. Uh, not bad. It's nice to see that there's 
cards in the wild. And uh, this Wednesday, I'm going to go check out the New England Patriots practice. They're practicing against the um, Carolina Panthers. So uh, they're going to have a joint practice. So we're going to check that out. Hopefully get some autographs. Les, what do you got planned for the week? Anything good? For the week, I uh, hopefully get a lot of orders from eBay and from my SED ads and everything else. And I'll be sending them out as soon as I get them. <clears throat> One of the biggest things that I like to do is I like to get the ads out as soon as I get the check or the payment. But I'll do so. I do something that a lot of dealers don't do. <clears throat> and I notice for a fact is I'll call the client as soon as I print that FedEx label and give them the tracking number. And then I'll follow up to make sure that they've received it. Has, have you been busy? Have you been do, uh, processing a lot of orders lately? Yeah, thank God. You know, it's been very busy. Would you say the hobby is still healthy? I mean, I, you know, five years ago, I was worried about this hobby, but now, now it's just been going gangbusters are you still seeing a, a an uptick in in uh, purchases um yeah actually i am i'm what, just i'm just finding that a lot of people uh are starting to collect now or they've collected for a while and come back less what have been some of your big movers you know have you been moving most mostly baseballs images pictures uh cards what have been some <clears throat> Well, a lot of baseballs have been selling as usual, which is par for the course. Uh, but I did sell a beautiful Maris uh, PSA 9 color photo sign that was in PSA encapsulated. Uh, I also sold New York uh, Giants Super Bowl helmets, 86 and 90, signed by the whole team. So, you know, some old, you know different things in different sports I'm always uh, looking to sell. And you never know what people are going to want. Has been some, has there been something that you sold that after you had regrets, like, oh, why did I sell that thing? <laughs> <clears throat> uh, there's, there's all, you know, a dealer told me when I first really decided that, you know, make the transition from a collector to a, coll a dealer collector is he set up, said, set up a, a Chinese wall, what you keep and what you sell. If you go over that wall, you'll never make any money. So that's what I do. I mean, sometimes, yes, of course, I wish I kept my Lou Gehrig contracts that are worth like a half a million now when I sold for 25000 back in the day. So, uh, you know, th that's the kind of stuff where I had two Lou Gehrig uh, 33 Gaudis signed that were both PSA encapsulated. I couldn't resist the fact that I bought it for seven fifty, sold for 5000 to to sell it. Now it's only worth about 100000 now, but. <laughs> Other than that, uh, do I regret? Yeah, you regret, but you know what? You got to look at it this way. How many times you've turned over that money and turned over the product to get sure. where you are? Well, we'll have Les Wolf for the entire show uh, this, this this week. Les is sitting in for Drew. We have a great show for you guys. This week, we have Derek Grady, who is the Executive Vice President of Sports Collectibles at Heritage Auctions. And we're going to talk about that 1952 Mickey Mail. That's a, a SGC 9.5. That is quickly approaching $10 million. We're going to talk to Derek about that. Next week, we have editor of Sports Collectors Digest, Jeff Owens, will be joining us. We have all our regular segments, Les, don't right? Yes, sir. We've got the Baker's Dozen, where you make the grade, stamp of approval, Vern Rap, and your returns. Uh, all our regular stuff. Guys, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a text to our text line is 978 729-0662. That's 7978-729-0662. Or you can email us. Les, what's the email address? TTMcast 
at yahoo.com. Very good. And he even, he even did that with my crappy spelling. Good job, Les. <laughs> guys, email us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, that wraps up all our introduction, guys. We're going to go right into Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen is coming up next. Baker's Dozen, sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Baker's Dozen is a new summary of what's been going on in the hobby, and it's been a really busy week. I think everyone's kind of, uh, they, they they held their breath during the national, and everyone's letting out all sorts of stuff. It's been a very busy week news-wise. I just want to remind everyone, check out my article on TTMing and autograph collecting at sportscollectorsdaily.com. It's a weekly article. It publishes usually the Monday morning or Tuesday morning. And uh, it's a great article, so please check it out. Uh, I think I'm, I'm done blowing my, my own horn, Les. I, it's a fun article. Hopefully, you guys check it out, sportscollectorsdaily.com. And then we got a special giveaway this week in honor of Les's appearance. Um, Les and Drew and I have signed a limited number of specially autographed TTM baseball card, TTM cast baseball cards. Uh, so Les and I and Drew all have signed this card. It's really cool. There's only about 90 in existence. And I'm going to give away five this week. Five, uh, five cards will be given away this week. All you have to do is email me at ttmcast at yahoo.com. We'll choose the five winners this week. You want to get a cool autographed card by me, by Drew, and by the legend Les Wolf. <laughs> Les has it in his display case at his show. It was the hit of the show, but I still have a few left over. So if you want to register to win one of our cards, I'm going to give away five autographed cards. Uh, all you have to do is to send me your, your name and mailing address. It's to ttmcast at yahoo.com. And Les, I suggest you get those PSA encapsulated and graded because one day they, they may go for a ton of money. Did you feel like a, a, star, a star when I said, here, let's see, here's 90 cards to autograph. Oh, when your wife dropped them off, I was kind of saying, what the hell you want my autograph on it? <laughs> I ruin it. <laughs> I devalue the card. No, it's pretty cool. So check it out. You want, want a free, uh, win a free card, just send me your email address, your, na- your uh, mailing address and your name to ttmcast at yahoo.com. This is a kind of cool new study by our friends at Collects, Collects.app in uh, New Street. They've got a, a study. They they determined that there are 85 million people in this country that own uh, sports cards, which is pretty cool. And that 23 million of those people have bought or sold cards, and that five percent of those people have uh, cards that are graded. So, Les, that's a huge potential market, don't you think? Yeah, but I think it's a lot more than five percent have had it graded. Uh, because I think a lot of people under the table have got stuff graded, have someone else get them graded for them. Uh, and it's huge, but I think it would be even huger if, or larger, I should say, is if the uh, card companies would promote more to the kids. Yeah, I agree. And I, you know, I've talked to people at Tops, and I was talking to guys at Panini, and I think they understand that 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 there's a hole there. You know what I mean? I think there, I think there's a, there's a hole in the market, and I think they're 
I think they're looking away at ways to bring kids in. I know at the national, there were a lot of kids. I, I don't know if you saw tops had a thing where they were uh, giving uh, opening packs and, and doing breaks for kids. And, um, you know, I think the dealers at the national did a great job uh, giving kids free cards and including the kids. I, I thought it, I, I think it was healthy. Well, I think, I think that's the dire need in this hobby. And over the last 20 years, I would say the card companies have all, always only looked at it from the bottom line of what they're selling the packs for. I think there should be, I think they should actually introduce a kid's pack for kids under 15 or under 10, where they make certain pricing for the same kind of cards you can get older, but give, give the kids a little advantage to get the cards. Because not every kid can afford 50, 300, $400 or $1,000 for a pack of cards. No, I know it'd be really neat if they had. I know Tops has the opening day uh, set, and I think Donruss uh, with Panini is their kind of in score, their kind of low end stuff. But it'd be neat if there were kids could go to a, a store and buy a pack of cards for a dollar. Well, I would say five or ten dollars would be a little bit more reasonable uh, for the kids. I think a dollar would be like the, it wouldn't be worth it for the card companies, but I think that's what they should be gearing themselves towards. Yeah, well, I think um, Fanatics is doing their best to get the cards out in the market. I know they made a deal with Lids the other day, and I, I know, as I said, I went to uh, uh, BJ's, and they, they had cards there. So cards are becoming a little more readily available. I know in the past couple of years, it's been really tough to get cards in, in retail, in, you know, Target and Walmart. So I think the cards are becoming a little more readily available. I thought Target and Walmart stopped selling them. <clears throat> because of all the problems they were having with people fighting over the cards. They did stop, but then they, they can't, they, they started again. There, there's definitely cards at, at Target and Walmart. Well, oh, Les, we had, we had um, pro football hall of fame inductions this past weekend. And I uh, just kind of run down the guys that got in Tony Baselli from the Jacksonville Jaguars, a offensive lineman, Cliff branch, former wide receiver for the Raiders, Leroy Butler from the, Green Bay Packers, Sam Mills from Carolina, right? He played for Carolina. Yeah. And interesting enough with Sam Mills is unfortunately passed away. Didn't get to see himself get inducted. And his wife did a very, very emotional speech about him. And she also mentioned that he had this expression, they would go keep pounding. And now the team has adopted that with a t-shirt that everybody's wearing. I think I think that was that was probably one of the highlights of the Hall of Fame is you see hear her speech. And unfortunately, I think in sports, I think the biggest tragedy that we are suffering in all of sports and the Hall of Fame is inducting people well after they've been passed away or the year after. For example, when you think of baseball, I always think of Ron Santo first. Yep. And, I, and I had saw I had met Ron Santo. <clears throat> A couple of years before when he was uh, staying in a hotel in California, we were staying at the same hotel as the Cubs were. And then a nice long conversation would, would run. And I said, you know what, unfortunately, they'll probably put you in the Hall of Fame after you pass away. You know, you know, it's kind of heartbreaking. You know, people go through their, their careers and their lives only to not get in the Hall of Fame while they're alive. And the family appreciates it like the Gil Hodges family does, like his daughter did a nice speech, but they don't get to actually be able to see it and enjoy it. And I think that's a big travesty. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, the guy like uh, Gil Hodges, as you mentioned, would have, you know, he passed away a while ago, but certainly it would have been nice if he was still with us. And it was nice to see Jim Cott and uh, and um, Tony Oliva. 
get in while they were, were still with us. So another couple other guys that got in with Brian Young for the, from the San Francisco 49ers and Richard Seymour from the Patriots and Dick Vermeil, coach for the Eagles and the Rams. Uh, Les, do you uh, try to get their, these guys' autographs when they're, when they're coming up for, for Hall of Fame before, before they get into the Hall of Fame? Or do you kind of wait until they're in the Hall of Fame and then just kind of add them to your collection? Well, sometimes I have some of these guys before. I'll try to get them after. Um, but to tell you, it's more fun meeting them and actually talking with them. You know, through the mail is great, don't get me wrong, but the actual talking to them, you know, in person is really a thrill. And that's what got me, you know, started and catapulted me in the, in the hobby and the collecting world is just actually befriending these athletes. I, I just like you and I, as my dad made recipes used to say, well, they put their pants on the same way you and I do, which is true. And then not, some of them have been some of the nicest guys. And they Did still you go are. up for, to the Cooperstown, to the baseball hall of fame induction or to Canton for the football. I've never been to Canton. I've been up to Springfield. I used to go to the Baseball Hall of Fame in the early seven, the mid, early to mid seventies. The last time I was up there was when Mantle got inducted. So uh, I I haven't been up there in a while. And from what I understand, it, it's 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 mosh pits and mob scenes. I, I'm I'm a little too old for that. You know, I like, <laughs> I like it a little more controlled. Well, we have some sad news in, on the uh, Hall of Fame front from. Uh... Kansas City Chiefs Hall of Fame quarterback Len Dawson is in hospice, and I know Len's been a, a great TTMer and a great uh, autograph guy. Uh, have you ever met Len? <clears throat> yes, I met Len, and it's a funny story, actually. That was in the, in the early 70s, and um, I would go to the hotels and get their autographs. They were at, staying at the Summit Hotel. You got to get there real early in the morning on a Sunday morning to get them before they leave to go get on the bus to get to the stadium. And Dawson comes down. Apparently somebody gave him a whole big bowl of chocolate brownies. And he said to everybody, listen, guys, I'm happy to sign for you, but you have to take a brownie first. So I said, sure. You know, what do I care? And he was just such a nice guy. And, you know, you remember these little things. I mean, nowadays, if you see a player come down with a, a bowl of brownies, no one's going to want to eat it. They'll be afraid that they're trying to poison you. Back then, you know, we didn't care. We, you know, we want to get his autograph. So, so what if we have to eat a chocolate brownie? It's not like they're making you eat cauliflower or something you don't like. Well, he was a great ambassador for the game. And, and it's sad to see that, that uh, you know, he, his health is failing. But um, just want to let everyone know about that. Uh, I, you know, I got, I got a, we've got a couple of good questions from our listener, Brian Murray, who's been a listener for us for a while. He sent in two questions. I thought this was kind of perfect for, for less, so we're going uh, to we're going to pose these to you, Les. And Brian asks, why why do you think it's access, acceptable for a guy to sign multiple cards, either in person or, or through the mail, and not uh, sign multiple baseballs? What's your thought on that? Well, the, the, my immediate thought is that you know, baseballs sign are much more valuable than cards, unless it's the rookie card of a star. But I, I look at it the same. If guys spending the time to sign the cards and sign the balls. You know, you know, one or two should be fine. But my thought that I've always done with athletes is a little unique for most people is I like to give them something, whether it be a card, a photo that they don't have, something like that, to give them the incentive to want to sign for you. But the most one of the most important things that I heard uh, Lindor on the Mets did is just say please and thank you. And a lot of people are just very brash and obnoxious and they don't even do that. And Lindor won't sign unless you do that. And I think that is really the key to 
you know, being nice and treating these people just the same way they you want to be treated yourself. And I, I always liked getting uh, multiple cards signed. Baseballs is, is a lot more cumbersome and it's, you know, you, it's hard to juggle like three or four baseballs. So, and, and for the athletes, a little harder to sign than cards, but they're, you know, they're both equally as valuable, but baseballs usually sell for more money. And then the other question, uh, Brian, thank you, Lynn. Uh, another question that Brian asked is, um, what uh, price range is it financially beneficial to get a card graded? Where do where did you draw a line and say, okay, if a card's worth a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars or whatever the number is, uh, to get the card graded, or do you just grade you know, get a card graded because you think it looked great uh, being graded? What's your stance on that? Well, I've got two stances on that actual in actuality. First off, if you really like the car and you like the player, forget about what it's worth. Just get it slabbed and graded just to preserve it. And if you're looking, if you're looking for it monetarily, you know, you know, for, for money reasons, I would say at least a hundred dollars, you know, at minimum. But like that's kind of that's kind of my thre threshold. I think if a card's worth a hundred dollars or more. I would get it graded if it's less than a hundred dollars, unless it's a card that that's special to you for whatever reason and you want to protect it. I would think that's the, the you know it's not cheap to get cards graded nowadays. You know, I was just going to say that. I mean, PSA is you know not just the, the fact that it's expensive to get done. It's it seems like a good friend of mine says you know it makes when you get your stuff back from PSA after it's been slabbed makes every day feel like Christmas when you finally get them because it takes months. Yeah, I know. It, the, it, this, it, there's some slow turnaround still with PSA, but some of the other companies are catching up on the bad log, and we'll talk about that in, in grading. Uh, what, one other question. This one is from uh, L. Wolf in New York uh, in Long Island. He, he wants to, us to have a, a live call-in show. What's your thoughts on that one? Well, I think that it's amazing. I think it would be great if we did that. Um, because it gives the opportunity to really interact with the people. Um, I, I do my lecture, Collect, Invest, Protect, and Preserve. And I want to thank the uh, 500 people that came to he hear me talk at the National. Uh, that uh, it, it just, your interactions with other collectors and other dealers is the key to, co key to collecting, really. You know, well, just, God, sorry. Just the fact, you know, that when you sat at my at my booth and we were talking to people and talking to each other, that's what we're missing in this hobby is the interaction and I'd be able to ask questions of each other. And that's why this talk, this show is so good is because we're talking to each other and we're talking about it just comes naturally just to talk about what we collect, how we collect, why we collect and being able to help other collectors, you know, young kids and and adults to, to learn the ropes is just it's just like taking the kids to college, basically. Guys, uh, we're thinking about doing a live uh, call-in show. Uh, why don't you send me an email at ttmcast.yahoo.com if you'd be interested, if you think you'd be interested in listening to it, if you think you'd be interested in calling in. Uh, you know, when I need some groundswell so we can get this, this going because uh, Les and I are chomping at the bit to do a live call-in show, but we want to make sure that our listeners <laughs> want to take part in it. So send us an email at ttmcast at yahoo.com. And, and hopefully in the next couple of weeks, Les and I will and, and Drew will will do some type of uh, live call-in show, maybe like on a Wednesday night. So we're, we're, we're listening to you guys. I've had a couple of people ask about it and Les would really like to do it. So send me an email, ttmcast at yahoo.com. 
a couple other I, things in the news. Uh, Granite State Baseball Dinner, which is really a, a it's a great event that's been going on for a few years now. It's we're talking about New Hampshire this year. They're having it early. It's going to be September 10th at the Delta Dental Center, uh, Delta Dental Stadium. That's a mouthful. Delta Dental Stadium, which is where the New Hampshire uh, Fisher Cats play in Manchester. Wade Boggs and Orlando Cabrera are going to be there signing their autographs. Um, if you want to get tickets, they're still available. You go to uh, milb.com. That's Major League uh, Minor League Baseball. Uh, dot com go ch- check on click on the manchester fisher cats and you can learn uh, how to get tickets there i think tickets are going between 50 and 80 dollars and it's a great night and you know you get autographs there's all sorts of cool stuff it's going to be at the ball the stadium they're going to have all sorts of cool things at the stadium so check it out granite state baseball dinner this year is september 10th Les, what about uh, uh one of your friends is signing some basketballs for for uh DroppingDimes.org. One of my old friends, um, Larry Jones, who was an excellent ABA player, and believe it or not, he was a really good coach. He's going to be signing autographs at for the um, AtlantaSports.com. Uh, he'll be earning money for former ABA players. He was a four-time ABA All-Star, and his signature on the ABA basketball is only 129 which is nice. That includes the basketball, so that's pretty cool. Yep. And the money goes directly to helping former ABA players and droppingdimes.org. It's linusports.com. They have an ABA series basketball. And this month, Larry Jones is the, the featured guest, uh, featured ball. Check it out for $129. That, that's a pretty good deal for a former. And ABA you know the best part about it? Well, you get the, the red, white, and blue ball to, to take yeah. home. That's right. It's awesome. When I, when I was a kid, everyone wanted an ABA ball. I don't <laughs> Did you ever go see any ABA games? Yeah, I used to go, uh, friends of mine, we'd go on a Friday night to uh, Nassau Coliseum and watch the Nets. That's that's when I had Julius Irving and had Super John Williamson and Larry uh, Larry Keenan, Dr. K. So th- those were the good old days. Yeah, it's funny because I was from Boston and uh, Red Auerbach hated the ABA. So he, he fought tooth and nail to keep the ABA out of here. And uh, it always bummed me because I, I was a big ABA fan. Uh, as a kid and there, there weren't many games on tv tv back then but i always followed it in the magazines and the newspaper one of my favorite players back in the day was bird everett and we used to do a pool my, my friends and i for most points you know you had to pick a team guards forwards and centers with the most points and bird everett's scouting report was only guy that could shoot it up from the locker room <laughs> Those are those are great games. Well, guys, we have some auction news to report. Our friends at Memory Lane Auctions, that's MemoryLaneInc.com, has their auction going on from August 17th to September 10th. There's all sorts of cool stuff. There's a cool Babe Ruth baseball that was signed in 1947 at, at, at Texas in a Texas League game room. And it's a really a great ball. The, the autograph is pristine. They it's have a, 19- a It's probably a 10 autograph on that ball. And the guy that got the ball wrote the whole story on different panels. Not Thank God, not on the same panel as the Ruth signature, but that autograph is spectacular. Yeah, it's really nice. A 1958 PSA 8 Jim Brown rookie card is up for auction. 1963 Pete Rose PSA 9 card. Are you surprised that the PS, the Rose rookie card has held its value, even though he's had so much legal troubles over the years? Uh, no, I'm not surprised. I mean, he's still he's still the hit king. And I think what's going to happen with him, as we've discussed before in the show, is he'll get in the Hall of Fame after he passes away. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. Somebody's going to finally. I think. I think this is some. This is going to come to a head in terms of with Rose and uh, Clemens and Bonds and some of these other guys. I think that eventually they're all going to get in. I mean, I think. I, I think the problem with Rose mainly is he always he's always putting his foot in his mouth. Now I made that comment about the girl that was fifty years ago. That's that's totally uncalled for, and he should he should be he should learn by now that he should be keeping his mouth shut. But no, I know he's in his eighty. He's the eighty, right? Is he? Yeah. You would think, but he hasn't learned. Well, a couple other things in the memory lane auction. Now these two are. I wish I could bid on. They have this three hundred and fifty six nineteen fifty two tops cards autographed, including the mantle the Jackie Robinson and the Willie Mays, which is unbelievable. Imagine putting that thing together less. Imagine trying to finish it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but still, I, I, I tried cool. to do that in the past and it's, it's a labor of love, but it's a task that you almost can never finish. Yeah. There has to be some guys that either passed away really early or uh, just are impossible to get. Right. Oh, absolutely. And then this last one, uh, for you unopened uh, fan, unopened pack fans, there's a 1961-62 Flair basketball box, a complete box <laughs> with, and it has, there's a Will Chamberlain <laughs> card and a Will Chamberlain in action card in there. Uh, it These these things are going to be going for big bucks, but it, it, it's really great to see them hit the market. Uh, check it out, Memory Lane's auction, memorylaneinc.com. The auction runs from August 17th to the 10th. We have Heritage has a big auction going on as well. Yeah, they have that 9.5 SGC mantle. That's probably going to go 10 to 15 million. But you know what people are forgetting to realize is that Marshall Fogel, the king of collecting, has a PSA 10. I mean, if this is going to go for 10 to 15, imagine what his 10 is worth now. Wow. The 52 tops nearing the 10 million is just crazy. Uh, Derek Grady from Heritage is going to be on the show with... Uh, with Jeff, he's just a great guy, really nice guy. He comes from being a grader, and he knows his card stuff. The auction ends the 27th of August. And the original purchase price, believe it or not, for that 1991 card was only $50,000. And the story behind it with Alan Rosen writing the letter saying it was the nicest mental card he ever had, that's just absolutely amazing. Did you, did you have any, Al, uh, Mr. Mint, Alan Rosen, were you friends with him? Um, he was unique. <coughs> um, I set up uh, next to him a few times. I wouldn't consider myself friends with him. Um, because I tried buying a bunch of stuff for a cl client of mine and I didn't have the greatest, uh, um, reaction from him because he would say, well, you're not spending a hundred thousand dollars with me. Why do I need to answer your questions? But he was brass with that. But what he did for the hobby was just absolutely amazing. He, he was just, he was a great marketer and he brought the cards to the forefront. And if you were alive now, seeing what these things are going for, he'd probably be hitting himself in the head saying, wow, I should have kept that. I should have kept that. Or I should have sold that for more money. I was too cheap. What, what's the most you've ever spent on an item for your personal collection? My personal collection, a number of times I've spent 25,000 on, on those Garrick uh, contracts. But I decided, you know, I spent actually I spent twenty thousand, sold sold one for twenty five, one for thirty. Um, I bought back uh, a Gordy Howe jersey, a red home, a red uh, Detroit uh, 
<clears throat> Red Wings jersey. I sold it for 14, bought it back for 25, was going to keep it. And then I sold it again for 50. And also I had a Gary jersey that I sold for, for, for 50, bought it back for 60, sold for 75. I mean, stuff like that. I mean, I wish I had all those jerseys back. What's the highest price you've ever sold an item for? <clears throat> highest price I've ever sold an item was when I put the uh, only known contract signed of Josh Gibson from the Negro Leagues in the Heritage Auction, which sold for $92,000. Wow. Were you nervous? Were you, were you nervous watching that go? No, I wasn't nervous. Uh, I, I think that Spike Lee ended up buying it. I think it was just, it was just an amazing piece. It just, I, I realized a long time ago that of all sports, if you want to complete all the baseball Hall of Famers, forget about it. You got to have, you got to line your pockets with gold and expect to pay stupid numbers to get all, everybody because they're always going to be one guy that died very, very young that you can't find. And it's just virtually impossible. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Th thanks, Les. Guys, we have some show news to report. You know, the national is over, but there's still a lot of shows coming up. In September and into October, we have the Music City uh, Collectible Show. It's in uh, Franklin, Tennessee from September 9th to the 11th. Go to musiccitycollectibleshow.com. All sorts of autographs guests there. There's Alan Irison, Ozzy Smith, Pete Rose, Lawrence Taylor, Jim Kelly, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, to name a few. Once again, it's the Music City Collectible Show, musiccitycollectibleshow.com in Franklin, Tennessee, and that is on September 9th through the 11th. And we have the Philly Card Show coming up September 23rd to the 25th with Ricky Henderson, the stolen base king. Jim Cott finally got in the Hall of Fame. Jim Rice, who is an interesting story where he saved that kid's life. Um, we've got Murphy. We've got Gooden. We've got Jack Ham, And we got John Cruck. What a character. That is September 23rd to the 25th. We have a Dallas card show coming up. They haven't released their autograph guests, but usually they ha they have a, a good smattering of guys from Dallas. It is going to be September 30th through October 2nd. It's a DallasCardShow.com, and it is in Arlington, Texas. Dallas card show, September 30th through the 2nd. We have some new releases to let you guys know about that just came out this week. The 2021-22 Upper Deck Black Diamond Hockey. You get one autograph for Black Diamond Relic Card, one pure Black uh, parallel three insert tech or non uh, autograph black diamond relics in one six card pack and that goes for 400 bucks that's the 2021 22 upper deck black diamond hockey for 400 bucks august 19th we have panini's obsidian basketball set coming out with one to seven cards in a pack with guaranteed two autographs two insert panels only 300 300 to 350 dollars hurry up run to your stores line up now for those cards because you never know who those two cards can be <laughs> the only, way, only way only way i'd be running to the store if you guarantee me there's a lebron in there i know it's a, it is a lottery ticket nowadays well guys that wraps up baker's dozen for the week next up is going to be making the grade Making the Grade is sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. 
Well, making the grade is the summary of what's been going on in the grading community. And our friends from CSG sent out a release the other day. They're improving their turnaround times. Their bulk submissions are now 30 days, down from 40 days. Their economy submissions is down to 20 days, down from 25 days. Uh, standard submission is 10 days, down from 15 days. And express submissions is five days, down from seven days. Check it out. It's csgcards.com, CSG grading. Uh, they're quick and turnaround. A lot of these companies are now meeting their uh, meeting and improving the, their uh, turnarounds. At least they're trying to. And PSA did 1 million cars in July. Can you believe that 54% of them were 2010 or later? 1990 to 91 Fleer Jordans and 92 Shaq were the top two cards graded. That's crazy. I would have always thought there'd be baseball cards would be graded before uh, basketball, but that's the way our that's the way our hobbies changed. Yeah, it's really basketball and football, right? I mean, that's what everyone everyone wants. I was going to ask you about um, Fernando Tis Jr. You know, going getting suspended yesterday for ninety days. Do you think that's going to affect the value of his cards and autographs? Um, yeah, yes. In in the immediate now, I think in the future, if he continues to put up crazy statistics. People just look at that and, and you know just say, oh, he met, he had a bump in the road. But you think, uh, a, you think it's a buy opportunity? Would you recommend buying him now? I mean, we know he got caught now. We don't know if he's done anything in the past. I kind of hope he hasn't, because he's got he's that kind of personality. He comes off as a really nice people person. So let let's just hope for the best with him and hope that uh, his stuff continues to rise and his career goes up. But that's a major blow to the San Diego's uh, chance for to get to the World Series again. You know, he's a he's a heck of a talent. Well, that guys, that wraps up making the grade for the week. Next up, we're gonna get right into TTMcast stamp of approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTMcast stamp of approval. Well, TTMcast stamp of approval is just that. It's something we we put our our stamp of approval on something that we like. Sometimes it's food, sometimes it's TV show, sometimes it's hobby related. This week, my TTM cast stamp approval is the Little League World Series. I just love the Little League World Series. I mean, anytime you go into a bar or restaurant now, they get the World Series on. The kids are really trying their hearts out. Um, some of these kids are big kids and they they hit the ball a mile. And it's just it's fun to watch these kids. And I think it's uh, it's really neat. I've been watching Hawaii. Hawaii made it. Uh, to the finals, they beat uh, Arizona yesterday. My Massachusetts team won the New England region. They beat Maine, and I know um, the, it's just it's just been fun. I like watching it every year. Um, you know, pe- people some, sometimes say there's too much pressure on the kids, but I think all in all, it's fun and it's a great event. I haven't been. Have you been to the Little League World Series last? No, I haven't. But I will tell you, there's a team from Long Island, Massapequa, that's in the finals that threw a no hitter yesterday. Very and cool. Also, if, if anybody's been watching, I forget which two teams were involved where there was a pitcher that hit another batter in the head. The pitcher was crying on the mound and the kid that got hit was on first base and he asked for a timeout and went over to the pitcher and hugged them. You know what? That's what sports is all about. And if the kids can learn that at a young age, the major leaguers should be doing the same thing. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember, these are, are, are 11 and 12 year old kids in most instances. 
but you know they're 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 it's fun. I think the kids having fun. I think this camaraderie. I think you know they want to win, but I I think all in all it it, it seems like a, a great event. I'd like to go one of these days to Pennsylvania to, to go watch the the uh, Little League World Series in person. But I enjoy watching it on TV, and I you know I know people say say that that it's too much pressure on the kids, but I think it's a great event. I, it's a, it's a lot of fun to watch, and like I said, well, just seeing a kid get hit in the head on first base and going over to the pitcher that was crying. The, the kid couldn't compose himself to pitch again. And you could tell that the kid didn't mean to hit him in the head. And you could just tell the kid that got hit in the head, you know, just felt bad. So that's, that's what sports is all about, to give and forget and move forward. Well, Les, I don't want to put you on the spot or anything, but do you have a, something you want to give your, your TTM cast stamp for approval to? Uh, I have to go back to Sam Mills's wife with her speech, keep pounding, you know, that Sam had did all the time and, and what a class act. I never had the pleasure of meeting Mr. Mills, may rest in peace, but the way she spoke of him, it was just, it's just the, the ultimate Hall of Famer. And just for that one act for that he did, he should have been in the Hall of Fame back in the day. Fortunately, now he's in. He wasn't able to see it, but it's just, that's just amazing. I know people like a lot of people don't like the speech part of the, the Hall of Fame, but I really enjoy it. I think it gives the, the guys a chance to thank the people that got him there. I think it, you know, I think the Hall of Fame means something to more to the people that get in than, than the fans sometimes. And I think it's great for them to to get up on the podium and, and, and thank people that are important to them. I, I really I really enjoy the speech part of it. I, I think it gives the athlete or the family the opportunity to say how happy and how proud they are that that, that family member or the, the actually athlete is to get in the Hall of Fame. And I just re- finally watched the end of the captain, the Derek Jeter uh, seven-part series. And I'm a big Yankee fan, a big Jeter fan. It, it was good, but I was hoping for a little bit more. But it, 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 if you're going to watch it, just make sure you uh, have a lot of sleep because it is kind of it, it's a, it's a lot to go through. But, you know, Jeter, as always, is just he's just class and the whole family. And it was just nice watching it. You know, Jeter as a player was was a great player, but I don't know as a as a personality, if he was charismatic enough, you know, you know what I mean? He he kind of misses. He doesn't didn't have that like that Ted Williams, Mickey Mantle, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird that I don't know. I think he's just missing that, don't you? Um, he wasn't charismatic. He was very reserved. And that's based upon the way, way his dad, Dr. Charles Jeter, raised him and his mom, uh, which is not nothing wrong with it. You know, unfortunately, in the day and age that we're in, we, you know, we're kind of used to like the Reggie Jacksons, the Mickey Mantles, the, the Ricky Hendersons, the athletes that like to be brass and, you know, uh, oh, you know, we'll beat you, blah, 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 or say whatever they want. Uh, Jeter wasn't like that. He, you know, his big thing was was class and, you know, he didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And he was just he's just the ult- ultimate uh, gentleman's gentleman. Yeah, I mean, no doubt he was a winner and he's a, a great athlete. And I'm not taking anything away from him. I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but I, I will check it out. So Les is giving a stamp of approval to Sam Mills speech. And I'm going to give a stamp of approval to the Derek Jeter documentary series, right? Nine parter. Seven Thank one, you, seven one, yeah. That is uh, our TCAS cast stamp for approval of the week. Next up will be our burn rap minute. Hey!
Well, Les, we're about halfway done for the show. You're doing a great job. <laughs> Our Vern Rap Minute, it is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rap, who passed away prior to me sending out a TTM request. We do this as a, a, a service to our fellow TTMers, let people know who passed away in the world of sports and celebrity, so they're not embarrassed like me sending out a TTM request to somebody who passed away. Uh, this week in the world of sports, we lost a bunch of people in celebrity as well. We lost Dean Carlson. Dean Carlson was a quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. From 1972 to 74, we played for uh, Green Bay as well. I should say he was on the Green Bay roster. He only played one game in the NFL in 1974 with Kansas City. He was 7 for 15 for 116 yards. Uh, he actually came in sub for Lynn Dawson, who we just mentioned. Dean Carlson was 72 years old. Then we have Terry Caffery, the center NHL and WHA 1970-76 with Chicago North Stars, Dwellers, Cleveland Barons, and he was a pretty good TTMer. And Terry was 73 years old. We lost uh, Herb Rodell. Herb was a guard in the old AFL. He played one season with the Oakland Raiders in 1961. Herb was 83 years old. Then Jimmy Burson, defensive back for the Cardinals, Washington, Atlanta, played from 1963 to 68, and he also was a good TTMer. Jimmy was 81 years old. We lost Steve Davis. Steve was a pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays and Cleveland Indians, and he was also in the Dodgers uh, system from 1985 to 1989. He was a really good TTMer. Steve was 61 years old. And one of my all-time favorites, um, Olivia Newton-John from Greece. She was a pop star. She, she suffered from breast cancer for a number of years, and she was just an amazing, amazing woman. And you know, if you get a chance, read her obit. It's just an amazing career that she had and how she got started. And she she was a pretty good uh, autograph person, right? She was. Yeah, she would answer her mail, too. But in person, she was just phenomenal. Just one of those people that you always want to meet and you always want to be around. She's had that mat, that that charm, that charisma about her. And lastly, we lost Roger Mosley. Roger was a star uh, on Magnum P.I. He was the. A helicopter pilot. He owned a helicopter company, and he was in a bunch of st sitcoms back in the, in the eight, 70s and 80s, like Stanford and Son. Uh, Roger was 83 years old. And he was Guys, a that PCMer. wraps up the Burn Rap Minute. Uh, we are calling condolences. Go to friends and family. We are sorry for your loss. Next up, we're going to talk a little TTM returns. Was our mailbox full this week? Let's take a look at this week's TTM returns. Well, Les, this is why we do the TTM, right? We, so we get returns. So this week, I, I kind of finally got uh, caught up from the National, and I sent out um, 25 football requests, mostly 83, 86, and 87 tops. And I also sent out 25 basketball requests, uh, mostly 1976 uh, tops basketball cards. So I got a lot, a lot in the mail this week. I've got, uh, I got a few returns this week, and I got some of my 76 cards back. I got Roy Jefferson who was a wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Washington Redskins. And he played a, a year with the Colts. He actually won a Super Bowl with the Colts in 1970. He sent his 1969 card back, uh, signed it in, in a blue Sharpie. And that one took a, a couple months to come back. I got uh, Brendan Harris, who was an infielder for the Chicago Cubs. He signed his ninth, uh, 2003 Topps baseball card for me. And that one only took a couple of weeks. And then I got three 1976 Topps cards back, Topps basketball cards, which are the tall boys. So that, that's kind of my new project. I'm going for as many cards as I can to get autographed. And I got three guys, two 
Portland Trailblazers, Dave Thwarczyk and Lloyd Neal, who both have their numbers retired by the Portland Trailblazers and played on the 77 uh, championship team. And uh, former All-Star, NBA All-Star, Truck Robinson, uh, who played for a bunch of teams, including the Washington Bullets and the Phoenix Suns and the uh, Jazz. And he was a, a pretty and good player Knicks, in his day. Lenny Truck Robinson. Yeah, he was He was a pretty good player in his day. He signed, he signed for me. Uh, Lloyd Neal Robinson and Thor, uh, uh, Thwart Isaac all signed in less than a week. I, I sent them out, and they were back to me in less than a week. So uh, I've got a lot of, lot of out there, and, and hopefully I get some, some returns. Les, I know you, you, you're still doing some TTM requests, but when's the last TTM you got back? Actually, I collect five, Indy 500 race car drivers that win. So I have that. I get the tickets, and I get excited. I got back Scott, uh, Scott Dixon. But this week, I got, I got very ambitious. When I buy collections and when I'm working on certain things, I want to finish them. I have a Golden State Warrior 1970s team signed magazine picture that only needed Jeff Mullins. Now, I was kind of reluctant to send it because I had everybody on it, but I figured, what the heck, you know, I want to finish it. And Bill Bradley, who I named my son after, I have his retirement program. I know I hopefully I get it back eventually, but I need him to sign that. And Phil Sims had a couple of magazine pictures. And then in the in one of my favorite actors of all time, I had the, I've had this picture of John Travolta hoping I'd meet him. I decided let's mail it to him and see if we can get it back. Is Travolta, I've gotten him, I think, twice through the mail. Is his signatures real through the mail, do you think? Or are they I heard they are. And then last but not least. I mean, like I hate having blank photos or unsigned photos. So usually if the if the person is still alive, I'll write a nice note and send it to him. And last but not least, I just sent a beautiful uh photo of Rod Laver to him to him for him to sign it. No, the 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 warrior program that you sent out uh, that you needed Jeff Warrior uh, Sports Illustrated inside photos signed by everybody. Cliff he- Lee. Um, who else do I have on there? Uh, gotta remember now. I've got um, Rick Barry, uh, and he, he needed Mullins, I had the whole team when they won. Did um, did you ch- did you send a, a letter or a note to Mullins before you sent it out, or you just no, I, I, I've been re- been following him. He answers that he signs all his mail. Well, when you get that back, you're gonna have to send send it to me so we can post it on on sure. our website. That's that's sure. very cool. Well, thank you, Les. That wraps up TTM returns for the week. We're gonna go right into our weekly TTM cast interview. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee CSGCards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. Well, Les, I had a, a pleasure uh, of interviewing a friend of yours. In fact, before I interviewed him, I, I sent my regards for for you. And he, he said, oh, tell Les I said hello. His name is Derek Grady. He actually was a grader at SGC. And he is currently the uh, executive vice president of sports collectibles at Heritage Auctions. And Heritage Auctions had been, uh, we've been talking about this for two weeks, two or three weeks now. They had a, the 1952 9.5 SGC graded uh, card, uh, Mickey Mantle card at the auction. And it was the star of the show, don't you think, Les? I mean, there was no one, everyone talked about that card. 
Uh, the one that I have that I have in my back pocket. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's you know I, I still kick myself. Um, I think I've I think I've mentioned it before. In the early '70s, when I f- was first started collecting, Tommy Cattell, who was Mickey Mantle's first agent, uh, was a legendary is a legendary collector and a dealer. Um, he had 52 and 53 Mantle. I was born in '53, and I said, Tommy, do me a favor, uh, buy, buy you know buy the 53. He was buying the 52s and 53. Buy me one, and, and I like to keep it. It was like a hundred bucks, so I had to pay it off with him, and I bought it, and I kept it for a long time till I sold it, but. I look back on that day saying to myself, why didn't I just say, Tommy, give me five of the, the Mantle rookies? Because those were gem mint, came from Bruce Oren, who used to own stands, which is across from Yankee Stadium. There used to be a big card memorabilia store across the street. They sell photos, cards, and autographs in there. And I still look back. If I could tell my 18-year-old self to do one thing, one thing only, if I went back in time, like... Uh, like uh, what do you call it? Uh, Fox did in uh, in the, yeah, in the, Michael J. Fox and Michael Fox did, Back to the Future. I would say, okay, Les, beg, borrow, and steal any all the money you have, and say, Tommy, I want to buy a bunch of those rookie mantle cards, and just sit on them till twenty twenty. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way with the '86 Flair basketball cards. I just remember going to Toys R Us and getting those backs for a quarter or whatever. And they <laughs> they were just sitting all there. No one was buying them. <laughs> like, why didn't I just buy them all up when I had a chance? You don't. You never know. You know. Well, guys, here's uh, please enjoy my interview with Derek Grady. He talks about um, getting the card uh, for Heritage Auction and talks all about about. Um, pretty much all the stuff that's going on with this cool card. So please enjoy my interview with Derek Grady. But first, here's a message from our friends at CSG. CSG is even faster. You heard correctly. CSG is now even faster, providing quicker turnaround times for your graded cards. CSG has reinvested in the company with additional graders, improved technologies, and streamlined workflows. All of this gives CSG's customers the best experience in getting their cards back with the fastest turnaround times and lowest fees. Experience the new turnaround times and all that CSG has to offer online at csgcards.com. Joining the show is Derek Brady. Derek is Executive VP of Sports Collectibles at Heritage Auction. And Derek's company, Heritage Auctions, had the star of the national. That's the, that's the only way to describe it, right, Derek? The star yeah, of the I mean, national. I would, I would argue it, it, it was likely, even though I might be a little bit biased here since I took the card in, but it was pretty much the, the star of the show. I was told are, that by course, many people. We are, of course, talking about the 1952 Mickey Mantle. It's an SGC 9.5. It was owned by Mr. Mint, and it is uh, being auctioned off right now. And we're going to talk about the mantle and all sorts of stuff that's going on at Heritage, uh, some of their auctions, their Sunday auctions. We're going to talk uh, about uh, the hobby in general and uh, just just wrap, a, wrap with somebody that, that has his finger on the pulse of the hobby. So welcome, Derek. Well, thank you. Glad to be here. Derek, why don't you tell us how uh, the mantle came into uh, Heritage's possession? I know you guys don't own it, but uh, you know how how you guys became the the auction company for probably the you know the the most, if not the the most iconic card in the the hobby, the second most iconic card in the hobby. If you want to you want to put the Harness Wagner out there, but it, it, sure. it, it's it's just a fabulous card. Yeah, I mean, our consigner had uh, 
you know, went to the sports department online, you know, went to ha.com and went to the, the, the sports department and he sent an inquiry um, and said he had a, you know, a Mickey Mantle collection. He had a 52 Mantle from the Rosen find. And look, we get Mantles sent to us all the time and get images and lots of counterfeits out there. Lots of, you know, that have been aged and microwaved and look low grade. And then some look really high grade and they're just gem mint. And it's obviously they're fake um, or reprints. And he might, some he might even say reprint on the back. Um, people don't even turn it over to look. Yeah. But um, this one, I knew when he said Rosen find and he bought it in 91 and my partner Lee Iskowitz here on the East coast with heritage um, said, Hey, we got to go see, uh, go see the client in, uh, you know, in Pennsylvania. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And we went and opened you know, uh, a door to his memorabilia room. And I was blown away with all the Mickey Mantle memorabilia and, and Yankee memorabilia. And he had the, the card, in a display case with the the book uh, he had a chapter in there because he was a um, owned a trash business and so rosen put it in his book about the trash man um and he also wrote a letter saying this is the finest 52 mantle that he had sold from the find you know and, and my consigner's name's anthony i mean he was he's talked in the press so having his name out there isn't a big deal and i looked at the card in the case now again it's not on consignment at this point i'm still competing for this consignment so yeah. I'm a professional grader. I didn't want to say anything negative because I can't see through the case and the, and it was actually not screwed in a screw down, but it was laying inside a screw down, um, in a holder. And right. I, so it, it hadn't like been it was, graded yet. It had not been graded and he didn't want to get it graded, which is I'll touch on in a second. Um, so I didn't want to comment really on the card, even though it looked amazing. Okay. From what I saw through the, through the case. Um, cause I didn't want to say too much because I don't have the deal yet. There's other auction companies competing. Um, until we were welcomed back, I didn't even ask to take the card out. I just went with, wow, does that thing look amazing? Rosen's letter. It's got something to be said for that. And, and to the, what you asked a couple seconds ago was why didn't he have it graded? And he had read online horror stories um, you know, usually the message boards aren't exactly positive about grading companies. So people were saying that they'll never grade another 10. They'll never grade another nine. Uh, graders can be biased on this card. They're not going to grade an eight. And he's sitting there thinking, hey, man, I bought this card for world record $50,000 in 1991 from Mr. Mint that had the, the find of high numbers. And Mr. Mint told me this was the finest one. So why do I, and, you know, then he didn't trust sending it away to California or, you know, SGC was in New Jersey. Now they're in Florida, but he just didn't really trust. And he, and he doesn't need money and it's in his collection. And he's any he, him. He's got the finest one. He has a letter stating that from Al Rosen. And I said, you know, one of his questions to me, and I've never had this before was, are you okay with selling the card raw? And I said, wow. Now, keep in mind, I'm thinking. Yeah, you had to think about that, right? That, I'm the... thinking. Well, I can't say the wrong thing as right. a consignment guy. You say the wrong thing, you lose the deal. Okay, so he could have pretty much said, "I need you to dress up as a clown next time you come here," and I'm saying, "Okay, sure, I'll I'll join the rodeo. Um, I want to, you know, I'll do whatever I need to do to to get this on consignment." And, and you know, honestly, I said, you know, I've never been asked that question, but I'll I'll consider selling it raw if you wanted to you're the owner but let me tell you i sell clients items as if they were my own okay and to not get this graded 
would be a tremendous mistake because I can tell you how many multimillionaires, people that are in the wheelhouse for a card like this, they want the card authenticated by a third party. They don't want me telling them at Heritage or you telling them as the owner what it's going to grade. And we've got to get the card graded. That being said, if the grade comes back something we don't agree with and I can't convince the graders any different and they're stuck in their ways and they want to grade it less than a nine, I will absolutely sell it raw with the letter because I can stand behind the card as a grader. I know the card isn't been all, hasn't been altered at all, not trimmed, no color added. It's beautiful. Um, so I, I didn't feel, other than the fact you, you, you know that it would have been the worst thing in the world if I had to sell it like that, but I didn't want to. He just didn't want to be responsible to get it graded. And I, and I assured him, this is what I would do if it was my card. I would absolutely get it graded. And at Heritage, we're ensuring it. When I walk away with this and we sign an agreement to sell this card, yep. it's under us. So if anything would happen to the grading company, it's under Heritage. So he liked that a lot, knowing I was the liaison to the grading company and he did not have to worry anymore. He knew his beef was with me if anything happened to his card. How and, long did it take you to, from the time that you went and, and visited him to, to actually be chosen as the, the auction company? That's a great question because it didn't go as simple as I would have thought. So we did a, so we came back and we did a proposal. We, you know, we, we really do a good job with um, when it's a significant collection of turning around a book. So we did a proposal book and it was personalized to what he had. And it was really well done by our, by our marketing staff at Heritage. And, you know, we went, Lee and I went and sat down with his boys uh, around a round table at uh, their, their uh, recycling business. Um, trash collection and recycling business in New Jersey. And um, we, and they're worldwide, but they, their headquarters is, I mean, internet, or I should say just in the United States, but that's where their headquarters is. And we met them there and gave our pitch. And I thought we did a good job, but we still, he said he'd let us know within a week because he was, you know, he became close to a couple other firms, mm -hmm. had it narrowed down to us and one other. And he wanted to tell them no. And he, he called me, and I was at a Boston show. I was at the um, Altman Boston show. Yep. And he called me I, to let. I live in Wilmington. It's like two oh miles from my house. Do you really? <laughs> okay. So you were there. I'm guessing you had to be yep. there. Okay. So I get the call. Um, Might have been Saturday morning at 10 a.m. And I'm thrilled. I get the call. I totally watched the booth. Uh, this is An I got to take this. this. Is Anthony? And he told me we were selected. Now I'm thinking we're selected. That means when I get back from Boston, we're scheduling a pickup. It went another month. So every day I was well, you like, must have had an ulcer. I, you know, from, you know, my bosses and owners are like, Hey, I told them this is done. We got the deal and it's going, he said, you have my word. I'm using heritage, but to get him to sign the document where the card is leaving his possession, which hasn't left his possession since 1991 was very difficult for him. And, and to, so it took him a few weeks to come around to, but he kept telling me when I talked to him, you have my word. I'm an old fashioned Italian. You have my word. You're selling the card. Okay, great. So eventually we got it and we had armored pick it up um, because, because the insurance value was sure. at the time raw, it was $5 million before it was graded. So, you know, we had that, you know, armored pick it up and take it to Dallas. And once it got to Dallas um, within, you know, 48 hours, it was armored now down to the grading company. And I flew down 
you know, I gave them a few days with the card um, because it's so significant. It's not something, no matter what you pay service fee, you know, you're, you have to, you know, give them time to digest it. And then I flew down to Florida uh, to pick it up and it was the grade I thought it should grade. And that was a nine five SGC has that half grade, a mint plus grade. So, you know, if you only have a nine and a 10 odds are, you know, on a vintage card, especially it's going to be a nine. Um, When there's a half grade, you can, and it's centered in the colors and everything about it um, was, was really spectacular. And I think the nine five was the exact grade it should have been and that. And that's the grade it got. And then it went armored again, back to, back to Dallas and then armored to the national. And then, you know. From a, from a marketing standpoint, is that why you chose SGC? Because you, you, you were hoping for that half grade? You know, to be candid, yeah, um, I was. And I believe if it was just a nine and I've gotten some really, you know, PSAs exploded and they have 110 graders now. And I didn't have the confidence that when I send them the card, I've got one shot here. Okay. Right. And they, they put it in a something ludicrous, like an eight or the greater doesn't feel like, you know, printing a $10 million card. I, you know, I'm sitting there thinking I I've got one shot at this. You don't want to shop grading companies. It doesn't do anybody any good. And, and it's your fiduciary responsibility. If you send a card to a grading company, you know, such as this, and they grade it, or don't grade it for whatever reason. And then I send it somewhere else and somebody asks, hey, did PSA see this or did SGC see this? You've got to answer that. And I wanted it done right one time. And I knew, I I believe the guys at SGC, I, the, the graders there, um, they don't have 110 graders. They might have 20 graders and the top graders are going to see this card. Um, but yeah, the half grade 100% played into it too, because even if PSA nines this, they have three tenths that were graded early on that you can argue this is better than two of them easily and is on par with Vogel's 10. Um, and I'd have to see them side by side to give you a professional opinion on both of those, sure. but they have six nines. So this would be lost in a sea of nines and nobody would be comparing it to tens. SGC has two nines. So this would be the best of the two nines. Um, but, you know, I felt the nine five people are already comparing it to the tens. Had we got a nine on it, they'd be comparing it to the nines and not the tens. And I think we made the right move all around for that yeah, reason. I mean, really, it could have cost you millions, right? You know, just for hundred percent that, that gets a nine. Now, if it got a PSA nine, you could argue for certain it would be the high, it would be the best nine. Okay. That's not debatable. I've sold the other nine. That's supposedly the best. And it's a really nice nine, but this one's better. Um, and again, this is better than two of the tens. Um, and I, I think it would have definitely, though, our estimate may have been 8 million as opposed to 10 million. And I'm getting feedback. And again, I won't say anything until, you know, until it really the auction ends, because anything can happen. But I've heard anywhere from 10 million to 20 million, 15 million. I've heard anything in between. People's over under is 15 million. And a lot of people take the over. I'm more conservative. I'm like, hey, Anything over 10 million, I'm, 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 I'm fine with. I'm sure my consigner, the more they hear 20 million, the more they want 20 million. But at the end of the day, I mean, I represent a lot of bidders and, you know, even big bidders that can spend six figures on an item, $10 million is a lot of money yep. to spend on a baseball card. And I just don't have the same, you know, I can tell somebody on a six figure card that, that's very wealthy, 
you, you know, you should buy this. It's a really nice grade. You know, might not see this again for a while and they'll hit it and they'll bid on it and maybe own it. Um, this one, man, there's so many people I know that are multimillionaires, but they, they can't buy a $10 million card. So this is in another league. It will be interesting to see where the dust settles, but I'm, I, you know, the, the amount of PR this has gotten worldwide with the attention, with the AP interview and at the national, I mean, how many pictures did I, every time I took that out? Oh, of the I know case, there had, there had to be 10,000 pictures taken with that. I, thing. There, there had to be, I mean, I, and every time I took it out of the case or somebody asked me to take it out of the case, somebody, I, there would instantly be a line to take a picture with me in the card or just the card. And I had to be very careful handing it to people and saying, give me your bag, give me your drink, give me your box of cards. You're holding this with two hands and taking a picture of a $10 million card in your hand. And, you know, people really enjoyed it and they were, you know, tweeting the photo or putting on social media, the photos of them holding the card. And it was, it was exciting to see everybody excited um, at the national, which was super busy for us anyway. Um, but the card really stole the, stole the, you know, yeah, the show. It, it was the star, but you know what, when you, when you think about the card itself, right. So um, Rosen founded, you know, he, they found that case of tops in, in Boston. Uh, I was it back in the seventies, right? I think it was in the, late no, it was in uh, like 1986. Okay. 86-ish. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember he used to go to the Shriners Auditorium, the, the, you know, the Boston. Yeah. Club, and I met him there a couple times and I remember he had uh packs of 1952 cards out on the table and you could have bought them for like yeah. 12 dollars huh? and he had displays of the high number five uh, the runs he put together yeah. runs he sold the mantle separately for a few grand each so the story is he actually bought this back it was so he bought this he sold this to a collector I don't know if he charged him three grand or six grand at the time and that collector came back to him and said hey I want forty thousand. And Rosen was doing a uh, Father's Day show at Madison Square Garden in 1991. And he was debating on whether he wants to buy this and put it out in his case for 50000 We still, he actually put 57.5 on it. My client paid 50, but he put 57.5 on it because we still have the screw down. He put the card in. So my client saved everything. It's really spectacular. Everything about this card he saved because they basically, people thought he was an idiot. He spent 50000 on a Mickey Mantle 52 tops card in 1991. And it was an article in the paper the next day that a collector spent 50 grand on, on a 52 mantle card that was unheard of, but he had, you know, he was very well off and wanted the best and everything he buys needed to be considered the best. So that's why he did it. And Rosen um, didn't really want to pay 40 because he had already, his wife had told me, put this in his book that his wife would say, what are you doing? You've already made money on this. Why would you buy a card back that you sold for six grand? Why are you buying it back at 40? And he got to show, you know, show her up when he comes back on Sunday night. And Hey, I made 10 grand on this, you know? So he made more on it the next time. We're speaking with Derek Grady. Derek is executive vice president of sports collectibles at heritage auctions. And we're talking about the 1952 Mickey mail that was a star at the national and it's on auction right now. It is going to be auctioned off on the heritage platinum night, August 27th and 28th bidding has already started. Currently it is at $6.2 million. Uh, and I, I, I'm guessing it's like eBay when we get kind of closer, this thing's going to start, yeah, start seeing I mean, a few more bids. You know, my heart will be, it's, it's going to, you only have to get your initial bid in right now. 
So it's 6.2 million plus the buyer's premium of 20%. You're, yep. you know, you're looking at seven and a half million dollars. So it's already getting at these levels where, but the next, you know, the bid increments are like 50,000 at this point, but you only need to get an initial bid in. So many people that are going to go after this may have taken the first bid, the second bid, the third, the fifth bid, and they're not going to come back again until the night of August 27th when this ends. So right. this card you know, I kept on the consigner. This could literally take all its bids in the first day and never a bid again. Thankfully, it's getting a little nudge every day or two. Somebody new bids or somebody that was outbid says, I'm going to knock somebody else out by taking the next bid. You know, because at some point the initial bid is going to be just for your initial bid, you're going to be in at $8 million, $9 million. So it's really, the air is very thin up here. I don't. No, <laughs> right I know. I don't hang so, with these can you, people. Can you imagine going to your wife and say, "Honey, I just I'm going to bid ten million dollars on, on a baseball card." Well, no, there are people that probably own a yacht and or a plane, and you know that that's not <laughs> and have a you know hundred million dollar house or thirty million dollar house. No, I know it's a different stratosphere. It's a different it's, something. Uh, maybe next life. I, you know, I feel like I'm pretty successful, but man, <laughs> you know, a six figure item is hard to bid on, let alone. 10 million, but it really deserves it. I think now you're starting to finally see, as I've always argued, I've been in the hobby for a long time and I, at a national level since 1998. And I've always argued that, you know, these guys that are very wealthy or, or females for that matter, and they want a painting, they go and spend 20 million, 30 million, 50 million on a painting and, you know, or a vase or, or whatever it is, but baseball cards just seem too hokey. And I think now we're finally getting to a point where people are recognizing them as art and investments. And I think if you own one card, as you alluded to earlier, maybe it's a Hannes Wagner card. Maybe it's a Mickey Mantle card. Maybe it's a Babe, a Babe Ruth card. But there's, there's certain cards where you could literally have a two or three card collection. And this would fit that, that somebody in New York, it wouldn't shock me. You know, you don't see it often. I've always wondered why more athletes don't collect. Yeah. And, and why, based on the amount of money these guys make, and this is an investment, let's not kid ourselves, this card, whatever it's bought for, is likely worth more the next day. Because the owner, let's argue that the owner has a ton of money. He doesn't need to sell it. So anybody else that knows this card is going to contact Heritage once it's sold, make an offer to the owner. You can do that on the Heritage website if the person participates in it. Or ask us, hey, where did that card go? I want that card. It happens all the time when you buy the best of the best. As you've seen, Wagner's keep increasing in price, even ones and twos and threes. There's not enough of them. Well, the three PSA 10s on this card are owned by very, very wealthy people that don't need to sell the card. They paid fractions of what it's worth and they're not selling. This 9.5 is the best mantle to become available in in a decade. I don't even know when the last 10 sold and the last nine sold privately, but we sold it before that. That was the first nine in a long time. So to get a quality piece like this really should bring outside interest, hopefully, like maybe some of the art buyers or rare coin buyers or classic car buyers. If you like sports, you know, you could definitely, this is the king of post-war cards, whereas Wagner is, you know, the pre-war card king. Um, and they go hand in hand. Some people think the the Wagner, you know, it's generational too. I know when I was growing up, people were like, the Hannes Wagner is so rare. I think I only saw one of the show when I was a kid. And 52 mantles were everywhere. Um, but 
as a kid, I remember when I got my first credit card when I was 18, I thought, oh, I have a $7,000 limit on this. I might go buy one, um, you know, in, in VG condition because I always wanted to have a 52 mantle. And I just, my grandfather talked me out of it. He's like, you realize there's interest every month and, you have to, and you're not <laughs> going to buy other things. Yeah, thanks. You know, he helped me get the credit card and he proceeded to talk me out of buying one. And again, the one I would have bought would have been from a dealer that would have been overgraded. He would have called it BG. The card probably come back at 1.5 today. So, yeah. you know what? Maybe I'd finally break even after 30 years. But honestly, I, I always wanted one and never bought one because every time I thought, oh, I'll get a five that's 10 grand at the time, you know? I can always get that. So I'm going to bid on these other things and buy these other things. Keeps ticking up, ticking up, ticking up. Now I'm down to my God. For 20 grand, I'm getting an authentic. I'm getting a, <laughs> I'm getting a trim card, right. a card with color out. I'm not getting the one that's graded. This card is just keeps going up. It is blue chip of blue chip. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll go for the 51 Bowman since that's still undervalued per se. Well, what happens to this card, this specific card, if, you know, a Tom Brady or Shaq or somebody or LeBron ends up being the person that buys it. Is that going to put it really oh, through the stratosphere? I think so, because what we didn't tell everybody, and I, I don't remember if I told you or not, but there's actually a documentary being made about this. That no, is I happening. Know that. Yeah, there's a documentary and I, I can't share. It's going to be on a major network, um, you know, cable, but yeah. it's, it's, it's getting done with a real film crew and director and producer and, you know, you will see this. I don't know when it could be a year after it could be six months after that in and of itself is making this card worth more money. I mean, we all know the famous T206 Wagner and an eight with yep. the controversy that surrounds that and the books and the documentary and the, you know, that's still a, a famous card and it's still worth a lot more than the owner paid for it based on that. But this is a positive story about how this, this guy bought this card for a record price in 19, you know, 91 on a Father's Day show and, you know, keeps it ungraded to this day to literally two months ago until he let me get it graded for him. And, you know, it really talks about the Rosen find and tell you, it's going to talk about the, you know, the card and its, and its journey um, before it got graded. I mean, this was, this was kind of in the mix. They, they knew he had this card and it was just yeah. a matter of, so that was another question I was asked, by the way, on the consignment. Do you think a documentary crew would help this? Now, first of all, I'm thinking, God, I don't want, I'm not, you know, I don't look like Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt. I do not want a documentary crew following me <laughs> around. And, and I was like, but you know, like I said, you, you say sometimes what you have to say, and, and I can't prove that it would help or hurt the price. But then once it got going, I realized, you know what, it's going to be a positive documentary on the hobby and a collector and why this guy had bought what he bought and has what he has and saved it all this time and how I was able to get it. And, and, you know, and basically right. and he were, took care of it. Right. I mean, he took care of it. He didn't, that's it, was, so he, it wasn't, he twin boys. it wasn't, yeah. It was not, it was in his room and man, this thing's like Fort Knox. I could not believe it was behind this wall. He's got cameras before you get in cameras in the room, two security systems. The door is insane. It's like a, it's like a, I would door. You would see at a bank to open. And then it opens into this paradise. And I, you know, my first did the music, to, did the music play when they opened the door? Kind of, he has music that does play, <laughs> but it didn't. But I kind of, I said, holy expletive, and he loved it. 
I was candid immediately because I'm candid to begin with. I'm, I'm a hobbyist. I'm, this isn't rocket science. This is what I do best is, is sports memorabilia and cards. And, you know, and this is how we, we dress. I mean, and, you know, I, I went a little bit nicer. I had my hair stout and not in a hat, but, um, you know, he, he's a down to earth guy and a really good guy, good family. But to your, what you asked, um, he had twin boys and they both enjoyed his collection he did not, they, they were raised respectfully of that collection to not like, I don't know, like I, that's where I would love to see the, that between 30 years, like where that card just sat there in that one case unmoved with yep. the Rosen article and letter in the book in a display, everybody knew you're not taking that out. So I don't even think his boys played, you know, were in that room by themselves to do anything. I, I mean, it's just not going to, you know, wouldn't have went over well with the old man, I'm sure. You right. Know. I mean, more people touched that card in the last week or two weeks than it had in the last 40 years. Oh, raw. The only people that touched it were me to take it out of the holder it was in to put it in a card saver one that you put them in to go to grading. And I yeah. was like, you must have been petrified. You know, I've done it. I've graded millions of cards and, I know, and, but and taken them in and out. And I, so what you do is you don't think about it. So I was just like, okay, this is any card. This is any other card. This is any other card. And Anthony's in his room showing me other stuff. And I'm like, dude, I have your card out right now in my hands. I am walking out of this room. I want to see it in a natural light. And I looked at it and I, and I literally was like, holy, you know, this is unreal. Put it in a card saver put some other things around it, rubber banded it and got it ready for armored shipment. And they didn't even take it. When it got to Dallas, I was waiting for Chris Ivy. He's my, he's the head of the sports department. He worked with me at SGC for a time being as a training ground before he went to run heritage. Um, his dad founded the company and he started the sports department. And so he came to SGC to learn how to grade for about a year. And so I sent it to him and I was excited to see his reaction because now I might be, I'm, again, I'm a grader, but I might be biased. And Lee, who's with me, is like, wow. And I'm, wow. So what's he going to say when he sees it? He didn't even get it out. He didn't even take it out of the holder. He just looked at it and said, oh, my God, you guys, this is incredible. Um, this is, I'm not even taking it out of the holder. So the next hands to even touch it would be the SGC graders. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, again, I work there. And I can imagine the slab guys. You know, when they're, okay, so now you're grading it. It's like, okay, it's out. Now I'm going to put it back in. Okay, here's where I'm at on the grade. Perfect. Now you're giving it to slab. Everything's going to shut down at that point. It's going to be like the parting of the, the Red Sea, right? Oh, it had to be, right? Like nobody's even, if they're even looking on, I'd be nervous. While I'm slabbing this and taking a sonic welder, hitting the buttons and it coming down and encapsulating. And they did it one time. They did a phenomenal job. Hope to God the case didn't get a scratch on it or anything because nobody's going to want to reholder that card. I don't care what the reholder fee would be. That just doesn't, I, I wouldn't want to reholder it, would you? No, you know? did you Did you ask to be there for all this or you didn't no, want to? No, you know, I, out, of, out of respect um, for the process, you know, I know you can't be there when your card gets graded and encapsulated. You know, it's not like you can watch somebody, you, you know, at some of the pizza places you could stand there and watch them make the pizzas. You can't do that here. I actually flew down. I knew the grade before I went down and then I got to see it and they were actually taking digital images of it and trying to catch it in the right light to show. Because obviously scans and images can look different. And I wanted one, and, and Dave, the owner, and, and Peter, the, the CEO, they, they really wanted uh, 
to capture exactly what this card looks like and you know not enhance it in any way or get the shadows wrong so we they played with that for a little bit and i was like it's spectacular like i liked every image you know it just looks spectacular it's a 52 yep. mantle from the rose and find it looks exactly how it's supposed to and i i'm just still blown away it's really surreal for me because this is the i've taken in a lot of valuable stuff i've taken in 30 million dollar psa collections that we've sold over you know a few year time period and this is a one item potential record breaking if it if it eclipses 9.3 million it's already the highest priced card selling at auction but if it eclipses 9.3 million it will be the highest sports memorabilia item ever sold in the history of our yeah. and <laughs> you know who would have really loved this and we and we've mentioned his name obviously is uh al rosen al rosen would have loved this don't you think Oh, I think he'd be shaken now. I think he was friends with Anthony and, and, you know, again, he put him in his book and wrote him the letter. And I think Al would be like, hey, dude, you know, kick me back some, kick your buddy, Mr. Mint back something here, you know? Um, and uh, it's, you know, he did cut him a little bit of a break on the price. He went from 57, five to, to 50,000. Yeah. So maybe Anthony would kick him back to 7,500. Hey, you know, I but, hope so. No, I think Rosen would, would enjoy it. And I think the me, and by the way, he'd be part of the podcast, the part of, I'm sorry. Yeah. The, the documentary and he'd be getting interviewed like crazy. I mean, look, I've never said Al Rosen and he's a love him or hate him guy. I mean, he could be a complete jackass at shows and based Bombastic. on his, that's the best yes. way to describe him. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, polarizing figure but definitely on the hobby mount rushmore of somebody that brought this the baseball card boom in the 80s to another level and where he was getting press and you know look if you sold him your cards you definitely sold them too cheap because he was buying cards and then flipping them before he even left the show he had them sold to other dealers and they may have flipped three more times at the show you know he would get a good deal and he'd pay fair sometimes also um, but he was, he wasn't holding on to anything. He was flip buying and flipping, but he was all those ads with him holding the cash and putting cash yep. in his, in his showcases. I'll never forget the guy. I sold him a, maybe it was like five packs of 63 baseball that I had picked up from a dealer in 1997 or 98. I, I did, a, I went to a show in Pittsburgh and he was there and I was like, I, at that time I had known him for a little bit. And I was just like, just tell me what you're paying. I'm not gonna <laughs> just be fair here so i could say i sold him something before because there was another time i drove down to a i had picked up in johnstown pennsylvania in a deal an incredible um tom Seaver rookie card and this was in 1986 87 and cards were selling for double book at the time or even triple book and i remember standing in the rosen line with my Seaver rookie now this is new york so new york stuff was selling for a premium what do you want for it and i said you're Alan, you know, I was kind of a cocky kid, but I, I didn't have a price. I just wanted the most. And he's the first table I went to. So I didn't know what he would say. I figured he'd make me an offer. What do you want for it, kid? I said, I don't know. You're the million dollar dealer. You tell me what you're paying next. Just dismiss me next. Wow. So I went to, uh, it was, I went to Dick DeCourcy of Georgia music and sports who uncle Dick, he's still around. He sold his booth to Jimmy Ryan and he still comes to shows and they do those commons and build sets. And he, he, uh, and I said, he said, what are you looking for? And I said, you know, you have an Aaron rookie there. The Seaver doesn't mean as much to me as an Aaron rookie. So I got a near mint Aaron rookie and a couple hundred bucks. And I thought I had hit the lottery. Like I had made the best trade in the world that I got a <laughs> thousand bucks out of this Tom Seaver rookie that I bought for a couple hundred bucks. 
you know, and uh, that was my first run in with with Rosen. Um, but he was definitely a larger than life character. And man, if he didn't get the front table at a show, he wasn't doing the show. He was yep. he was he was a crabby guy. But he no. would I think he would enjoy this. I really do. I do too. Well, speaking with Derek Brady, Derek is executive VP of sports collectibles at Heritage Auctions. That's HA.com. You can go to HA.com and learn all about that they have. Uh, they have all sorts of cool stuff there. You can sign up for uh, an account, right? And then you can get yeah. um, register and, and you can have the archives. Keep in mind, we have, you know, over 35 divisions. And if you sign, it's free to sign up. Um, I believe just to make sure you're a human, it will ask you to put in a credit card number. It's not going to charge you a dime. And even if you didn't consign or purchase, um, it's a free membership. You get to see the archives of everything we've ever sold in comics, movie posters, coins, artwork. So a lot of dealers, whether it's a flea market dealer, an antique dealer, a, a coin dealer, a comic dealer, they use our archives to see what things can be priced at. Um, and it's a free membership to do that. So I would ar- make an argument that everybody should if you're in the collectible industry, you should belong at least at the very least to to look at the archives. Um, yep. There's no cost to that. We have everything archived that we've ever sold. Go to ha.com. Uh, we are talking, of course, about the 1952 Mickey Mantle card. It was uh, the star of the national. It's an SGC 9.5, and it just has a great story. And it is going to be uh, auctioned off on the, their platinum night. August 27th is the last day. Uh, and I'm sure we'll have and make big news when, when we get a, get a final yeah, bid on that. Yeah. I'm like I said, I'm still, I, I, again, me describing items to people all day long of $10,000 cards. And I fly, you know, I go down to Dallas, um, I work in the, in the East coast office and I, but I do go down to Dallas for, for the auction weeks where, you know, where we do the, the major auctions of platinum and the regular catalogs and describe items to people, um, you know, tell people buy the card, not the holder you know, what's, what's in their budget. And I'll look through cards and tell them, I think this is nice for the grade. I think that's nice. But, you know, again, this is just on another level. So I don't know where it's going to go. I honestly, people will say, well, you know, people keep asking, what's it going to go for? I can tell you on a hundred thousand dollar card that it's going to go right around a hundred thousand on this card. It could be 10, it could be two people, you know, the Muhammad Ali belt. We just sold. It went into it went into extended bid at like 600,000. I literally was back home and I let those guys handle that, that all session. So I flew back home. I'm in bed. I wake up at 3 AM to go to the bathroom. I see this huge text chain on my phone. I was like, what in the hell happened to the auction? Did, did something disconnect? I mean, did we have an issue? It's like, and I just saw it's still going. 4 million. It's still going. And I click on the website and I see the belt is up to $4 million. And I'm like, Oh my God, we estimated this thing at 500,000. It went into extended bid at like 600,000. We're at 4 million and counting. And I see the text saying, these guys aren't going to stop. So I just go back to sleep because I'm not the, (laughs) I didn't take it in. I'm not the owner of it. So I'm going to get some sleep. I wake up in the morning and I see where it hammered at. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And this came that really ended on a Sunday morning in the wee hours. Monday was our big AP press day where they were releasing the story on the mantle. And I'm like, is this going to steal some of the, the mantle thunder yeah. here? Because the people were scrambling around because these auctions that end in the middle of the night are difficult for the press to cover. But Ursay went public with it and said, I just bought the Ali belt. So they instantly all cover that with heritage. And I'm thinking, man, 
will they come back again now and do this mantle? I know they're supposed to. Well, they did. Um, but yeah, that uh, that Ali belt was shocking and nobody could have predicted that. I don't care who you were. This, again, I could see a million. Okay, it's... Right, I mean, another, all you need is two parties, right? Really, all well, you need two is... Two very wealthy parties. Yeah, right, two parties. That that... Say. I took in an Amelia Earhart cap. Same thing happened. Um, and we have a lot of overseas bidders and you don't know when they're going to show up. If I did, I would be a dealer and not work for Heritage. I would go buy things and find that magic, but you just don't know. And the Amelia Earhart, it was photo matched to a flight that she wore, you know, mm -hmm. the cap. And we estimate, I'm like, how the hell am I going to estimate this thing? I've never estimated Amelia Earhart piece in my life, right. you know? So I put 80 grand, not quite a hundred, but 80 grand. It went for like 800 grand. So my estimate wasn't close. Um, and I didn't think we were that far off on the Ali belt. But, it, you know, if you would have told me, hey, it's an Ali belt. There's another one his mother got. He got this one. It was in the famous storage unit from Bandini Brown. Great provenance. It's going to be, you know, a million dollars. I can buy that. Yeah. And, and, you know, I could buy a couple million. You know, when it gets, usually when our estimate's 500 grand, you can see a million you know, when it goes to six, I'm not saying it's not worth that. I'm just saying nobody saw that coming. Yeah, sure. Now, and the, so the other the other one here. that was really the, the talk of your booth was the Babe Ruth game used sign bat. That was, I know yeah. uh, the at the show, everyone was like, oh, you got to go see the Babe Ruth bat. You got to go see the Babe Ruth bat after the yeah. meeting, obviously. And that was kind of neat. And that's part of the auction as well. So there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff in this auction, stuff that you and I will probably never bid on. But <laughs> that's correct. That's <laughs> just, correct. Just for just for my listeners, they do have a, a Sunday night auction uh, every Sunday yeah. night. And when uh, you look at what's auctioned, it's really cool stuff. There's a lot of tobacco cards in the, in this uh, uh, auction coming up. We're, we're going to be uh, posting this weekend. Um, and I think you know if you want to go check out there's the Sunday night auction at ha.com. Uh, there's very uh, attainable items there for for the regular collector. Absolutely, stuff anywhere between a hundred bucks and Look, we've had $10,000 items in there before too. And I've, I've picked up some stuff in the Sunday night sales. I mean, I don't know what's going to show up. I've got people all over the, you know, we've got people in California bringing in consignments. We just hired Joe Orlando, who used to run, you know, sure. Collectors Universe, great guy. Um, you know, and he's now in California with Dan Imler. And we've got our guys in Dallas. We've got a guy in Chicago. We have our team on the East Coast. And we travel readily for consignments. I could be, you know, if it wasn't for this auction and... You know, the mantle card where I'm going into New York on Thursday to do a media day. And, and, you know, they literally took a full page in the New York Times and it said Watkins welcome. And I was like, did you really just put Watkins welcome in the New York Times? I mean, that <laughs> means anybody. And I'm not here to discriminate. I don't care whether you have. I love people collecting and looking at, at our hobby and what we love and understanding it. So I have no problem with anybody, whether they have, you know, a dime to their name wanting to come in and see this. Um, I was just shocked that they just did that in like the biggest city in the in the world. You know, one of the biggest cities in the world said, "Hey, come walk in." I'm gonna be like, "Oh boy, how many? We're we gonna have a line out the door down Park Avenue to come see this card." I have no idea what to expect. Well, you kind of want that, right? You almost want that. I do. Sort of, it, it I do. I think a media it, event. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I don't know what all networks whether they 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 let it out for TV and radio. Um, you know that I'm gonna be there to, to to talk about it, and I've got other people there too in case there's an overwhelming demand. I just don't know who's going to show up yet, but it's going to be on display along with some of Anthony's other Mickey Mantle items. You know, his first contract, his last contract, he was a big Mickey Mantle collector. I um, mean, he's got a lock of Mantle's hair from Mantle's uh, ex, 
um, Greer Johnson. Um, he's got, you know, uh, some Joplin minor signed items in the minor leagues. He's got his uh, passport. We're going to have all that stuff on display, but, you know, obviously people are coming to see one thing and that's the, that's the 52 mail. And I, and I do hope that somebody, you know, I'd really like it to be, and again, I just wanted to get a, a great number because it deserves it. Yeah. But secondly, I, it would be cool if it was a famous person that bought their first piece or an earth, say they would put it in a museum or somebody like that. It, it would be great if, if somebody like that would uh, take interest or a, a first time person. Like, I, again, I've argued the hobby is in its infancy. If we get the art money, who would have thought these artworks would suffer what they suffer? I was blown away my whole life at hearing these numbers, 10 and 15 and 20 and 30 and $50 million for a, a painting. And some are really well done. And other ones I'm looking at going, wow, looks like a kid did it. And that's worth 30 million. You know, it's no, like, know. it's really, it's going to be really cool to, to see some investors come. I mean, I, I hope, but I, I think the person's going to be really happy with, with the card, regardless when whoever purchases it. Now, what steps does uh, a collector or somebody that's inherited a collection from from their grandfather? What steps would they take if you know they don't they don't know what the the cards are worth? Their what their fine their their uh, inheritance is worth in some instances. There's not a lot of people out there that are experts in our field that can yeah. that, that can believe uh, me. Appraise. Very hard to hire people, right? Very, that, that that can appraise something. How, how how would you recommend someone you know that that has a collection that they might want to uh, auction off or get appraised or or, or uh, you know they they've inherited how where what's the steps to to you know get something to have heritage or another auction house yeah. often off it doesn't fall in something that you guys would be interested in yeah great question I mean we this happens every day we get tons of inquiries whether it's the eight seven seven heritage number and they ask for the sports department. And they're going to get transferred and they can leave them, you know, based on what, who the operator chooses, which consignment director or their location. Um, but you can always, you know, leave a message if, if somebody doesn't pick up live. Then secondly, the easiest thing to do um, would be go to HA.com, go to the sports department. It will say consignment inquiry and you can fill out a little thing of what you have on your name and phone number and email. And if you don't want to give your phone number, you can just put an email and we can email you. Um, and it will allow you to attach scans of what you have because we're going to probably need an image because some people, everybody still finds a Wagner card. I yet to this day, not I've taken in real Wagners, but I have not taken a real Wagner from a person that had T206s where they had a fake Wagner. You know, I've taken in graded ones already, but not necessarily one that, um, you know, usually the fake mantles, the fake Wagner, the same cards over and over again. Um, but we you know we ask for an image and then somebody will reach out to you. Sometimes we'll say it's not for us. You know, we have a threshold of consignment value just due to the cost of processing material, um, which is, you know, a few grand per consignment, not per item. You know, we sell $500 items and even less, but they come in a bigger collection. So when sure. you see that in the Sunday night sale where somebody might have some $200 items, we can't just sell $200 items. That could be in a $20,000 collection that we break down and put some stuff in this catalog, that catalog, and then the Sunday night sale. But we, you know, do our best to get back to every inquiry, whether it's for us or not. And there's certainly other auction houses out there as well. I would like to think we're the, we can do it all, whether it's, you know, 10 million or whether it's, you know, 500 bucks. Um, I, I tend to think we, we do a great job. Um, our website gets a ton of hits every day. 
um, you know, more than Sotheby's, more than I think double Sotheby's and Christie's combined. We have a lower threshold of value and we cover more of the average Joe stuff. You know, I've, I can't afford to bid in Sotheby's or Christie's. I don't think on anything, <laughs> you, know? you know, I've never, never been a bidder. I've gone to view for people, but I've never been a bidder. Um, but it's, uh, you, we will get back to you and let you know what you have. And, and generally a phone call, if you have something we, we definitely want, you know, we'll, we'll give you a call in and we do a lot of traveling. I mean, I log a lot of miles in. I've been in San Francisco twice this year. I've been in Florida a lot. I'm always in the Boston area. There is so much stuff in that Northeastern corridor. I mean, it is really, you know, look, the Gowdy factory was there. I mean, it wasn't the long up there too. I mean, it's, uh, it's just really uh, filled with collectibles. I've been up to that area so many times. Those Boston shows are great. We we usually have eight appointments before we get to the Boston show, coming up through Connecticut and Boston to Maine, all over Rhode Island, all over the place before we even step foot in the show. And then we get a lot of still the walk-ins still keep coming in and you're wondering when's it going to dry up? And it just, it ne- thank God, it ne- knock on wood, it never, you know, it really doesn't dry up, thank God. What um? What's the kind of the coolest thing that's walked in to, to that you've seen at a show, either you know at the national or uh, any oh, wow. of the, the bigger shows? Is it something that just really blew your mind? It's like wow, I didn't even know that existed, or that the first time I've seen that, or um, that that kind of you know, it just makes the, the the hair on the back of your neck stand up, you know? Wow, what a question! Um, because I was unprepared for that, so I'm trying to think back. You know, I can get at a show, you know, we've definitely gotten six figure items at a show and some 19th century stuff. I'm trying to remember what I took in at a, and it usually sometimes when it comes in, the people are gathering information. So they're taking a business card, kind of showing you pictures of what they have. Yep. And I, and I did take in some incredible 19th century items at one of the, the Shriner shows. I'm trying to remember what the issue was really tough issue and the guy had you know a dozen of them and he called me and i think i was up there the next day he said he went through he looked at the display with the booths and he liked our you know our booth and our what we displayed and took our literature and he liked us the best and called me and i was i drove the next day i'm within if i'm within five and a half six hours i will drive and and but i will also tell you that it's, it's amazing you could do a show where it doesn't, the crowd now, now the crowds after the pandemic had been bigger than ever. Okay. But they were always on a Sunday. You could roll a bowling ball down the out down the aisle and you would hit nobody. Cause there's nobody yeah. there on a Sunday at two o'clock. Now the crowds are back up again after the pandemic has happened and people are more collectors out there. Um, it seems. And, you know, people will, um, you know, you have to be in it to win it. And the more shows you do, somebody can take your business card that you didn't unassuming and didn't even think they had anything. And they call you and they have a six figure collection and they call you a month later, two months later, a week later to come in because you were at that trade show. Uh, that's great. I'm giving away our secrets at, at heritage, but now honestly, <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't hurt to work for heritage either that we're kind of the, <laughs> one of the big boys. Yeah. So, you know, we get our lion's share of stuff regardless, but we, we earn it. We travel a lot. We advertise a ton. I think everybody's heard of us. Um, and you saw our display at the national convention. I mean, it's a, it's literally our op staff does a great job. We had four security guards there, you know, overnight, you know, we probably had $30 million worth of stuff on display. 
I get lost. Oh yeah, it was so it was so funny because you don't think of it. So, but you walk, you know, I walked into the booth. I drove in the booth in my scooter, and, yeah. <laughs> and you look around. There's like a security guy there, a security guy over my shoulders, another security guy over here. Like you know what? And there was this big, this guy, big time. This is big time. There's one guy dedicated to the mantle. Like he went wherever that mantle went. When it came out of a case to go, you know, ten feet over here, or five feet over there, or when it went away at night into the safe, he watched that mantle the entire time. And but there, you know, again from the the 19th century advertising displays and the triple folder display things you just don't see some game worn stuff some player collections just tickets rare tickets now the tickets have gone crazy i know don't you love that that i really i do too i do i I love that the tickets have gone crazy because i think that's becoming an extinct with everything's electronic now and you can't get ticket stubs well i I love it except for i missed the boat i mean i just totally didn't i collect everything you know i have some unopened wax i have cards i have memorabilia never really got into tickets and now i'm seeing what a mantle debut ticket stub sells for a jackie robinson we sold one for 400 grand i mean and i get it in the ruth called shot tickets and all these tickets stubs and jordan debuts and stuff and i'm thinking man why didn't i see that coming right as remember they, you, you heard the story of the kid that had the two tickets for the jordan debut and he had he had one and he had another ticket that he didn't didn't use because he couldn't get somebody to go and he put yeah, the we ticket sold that. in the in a program yeah. or something. The amount of calls we got <laughs> after we sold that man were crazy because we sold we had the like the peak of the ticket market. If you were in that auction, you made a fortune. And since then it's come down because everybody PSA got inundated with tickets. They're the only ones that create them. They got inundated and it has taken forever to get back to tickets. In the meantime, more and more everybody in Chicago was looking for a stub, looking for a ticket, looking for a stub. Can you imagine the Bulls employees? Everybody's looking, oh my God, where are my tickets? Um, and yeah, and there's other significant tickets too. Um, and just so many, you know, that market has come down a bit, but still way better than it was five years ago. And PSA is just inundated with them. And nobody else has jumped in to grade them, which I'm a little bit shocked by because there's a big market there still um, because you can make it. I, I took in at, a, at an Ohio show. Um, a guy had um, a Cleveland Naps book from 1910. And we looked up, one of my guys, because I'm not good enough at this, because uh, there's rain, rain outs and stuff like that. So, And the tickets were just numbered. Um, not a date on it, but just one game, home game one, home yeah. game two. Joe Jackson's first home run, Joe Jackson's oh, wow. first stolen base, uh, a Walter Johnson win, um, uh, just really cool stuff. A Cy Young win over 500. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, these are incredible. And the dealer bought the ticket book, like some unassuming like coin dealer walks in and it's like, hey, I have this old ticket book. You want to give me a few grand for it? And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> he just left a fortune on the table. I dealer consigns it to me. I, I break it down and pull out, you know, 10 tickets, Joe Jackson, home run, Joe Jackson, four for four. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. And, and that stuff's still out there. You know, I'm not one to go put in, I did it when I was a kid, go to antique malls and look for some of this stuff. Um, but, you know, you can still find stuff if you do your research. Yeah, I agree. Well, Derek Grady, thank you very much for your time. I've, I've kept you longer than, than I, I told you. I it's going to probably. I could, <laughs> I could talk for hours and hours, and I hope that you can come back after the auction. We can really talk sure. about the the value realized from the the price realized from the mantle. Again, we're talking to Derek Grady. He is executive VP of Sports Collectibles at Heritage Auctions. Go to ha.com. 
everything is there. I know you're not going to bid on the mantle card like I'd like to, <laughs> but there's all sorts of stuff. They have a great Sunday night auction every every Sunday night. That's very affordable stuff, you know, in the hundred to two hundred dollar range, a couple hundred dollars. Great stuff. Check it out. It's every Sunday at 10 p.m. Central. Uh, that's when extended to, bid starts. Yep. At 10 p.m. Eastern. HA.com right. to um, sign up for their newsletter. And yep. uh, there's also it's a there's tons of stuff. It's not just cards. It's all as we said, it's tickets and sports collectibles as well. But they also do everything else under the sun. So uh, if you if you have any collectibles at all, they have video games. They have every, yeah, you name it. <laughs> they they have everything. So check it out, Derek. I wish you the best of luck. Good good luck this weekend in New York. I think oh, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Great time, and and I really it was it was great to. Uh, talk to you about something that you're obviously passionate about and it's just a it's just a fun subject thank you hey i'll come back anytime okay Good thank you. you i really appreciate it all right take care bye-bye Bye. well Les, you did it you did a whole show you made a whole show without <laughs> killing me <laughs> uh it was fine that was fun man i want to thank les wolf for joining us please go to check out les wolf's website LesWolfSportsLLC.com. He has, you name it, he has it available. Mickey Mantle, uh, Muhammad Ali, Joe DiMaggio, any, any, anybody and everybody that's played professional sports in the last 50 years, 60 years. Plus, he has Babe Ruth stuff. He has, he's, he's got everything. So check it out. LesWolfSportsLLC.com. You can go check it out. If you have questions for Les, just send me an email at ttmcast at yahoo.com. Les is always available. We have Les on just about every week. To talk about what's going on in the hobby, I want to thank Derek Grady for joining us from Heritage uh, Auctions. He was It was great to talk to him and, and learn more about how we got the Mickey Mantle card for Heritage and, and the background on the card. And it was just, he, he's, he's been around forever. And Derek and I talked for about an hour. We probably could have talked for four. It was like the first time Les and I talked. We could have just kept on going forever. So thank you, Derek Grady, for joining us. Next week, we have Jeff Owens, who is the editor for Sports Collectors Digest. We're going to talk to uh, Jeff about the national, about the state of the hobby, about what's been going on, what's going on with Sports Collectors Digest. That will be a fun interview. Les, anything else you want to add before I let you go? Don't forget, everybody. You know, we'll pay. I'll pay you later. I want to do this live and have questions from everybody. And I'm sure everybody has questions, you know, what they should collect, how they should collect, but most important, how to protect and preserve their stuff and who who's trending now, who they should be collecting and why they should be collecting them and how to store them and how to really enjoy them and how to trade with everybody. That's another thing that that trade that Thursday trade day I wasn't able to make it. I'm sure it was a lot of fun and we need more days like that. Cool, guys. Send us an uh, email at ttmcast at yahoo.com. Also, if you want to register to win one of five autograph, limited edition autograph cards, photos of myself, Les, and Drew, just send me your name and your mailing address. So I'm going to pick five winners next week. Send that to ttmcast at yahoo.com. Well, Les, I think that wraps it up. I wish everyone a, a great week and wish everyone many happy returns. We'll see you next week. That's all, folks.